What is up, everybody? How are we doing? How are we living? Justin Treese, Austin Cunningham, coming here to preview week nine of the NFL season and then hand out our mid-season awards. Holy smokes, this NFL season has flown by. Uh, a lot of other stuff going on in the world aside from football. I'm sure as you are all aware, but hey, we are here to talk strictly football, and that is what we are going to do. But Justin Treese, it's been 24 hours since I've talked to you. How are you, good sir? A quick turnaround for us today, and love to see it. Doing fantastic. Long night. Uh, I love to ask questions at work today of how many times did you wake up in the middle of the night to see if there was a new president? Austin says three. I think I was probably four or five. Uh, the wife started getting pissed that I kept getting on my phone and waking her up. But you want to know what? I was too invested. Um, I was crunching numbers last night like a madman, like trying to act like I knew what I was like doing and stuff, but like trying to figure out what percentage of chance each president had. And um, it was it was a ride. That's for certain. Yeah, uh, I was right there with you. I had it just playing on my phone. And I had it propped up on some blankets, and it just played all night. So I would fall asleep. I'd wake up. Like, oh, okay, this is where it's at. Woke up again. I was like, whoa, a little bit of a change. And then when I officially woke up this morning, it was like, holy smokes, this is totally different than what it was when I originally fell asleep last night. Or I should say earlier this morning. Because uh, I don't think I went to bed until probably like 2 or 2.30. But as we said, we're going to be going ahead and handing out our midseason awards. And let's just go ahead and start with the big one. The MVP, the most valuable player in the NFL, Justin Trees. Mr. Trees. Who is it? Most valuable pizza eater. I still love that show. Um, it is exactly who I had winning the MVP for the season preseason. And it is Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. He, he's right. got That's it, dude. He of. keeps playing like this. He is going to win the award again. I see no doubt about it because he's going to be on, if not the best team in the AFC, at worst, second best team at this point. And there is no one on the Steelers that is doing anything to deserve it. They are just a great football team, but they don't have one specific person that is like blowing the charts out of the water. And you're like, okay, they deserve it. So for me, Patrick Mahomes, who do you got? Yep, uh, I'm. I, you know, I sounded a little disappointed there, but like I am gonna pick the same player. It is gonna be Patrick Holmes for me as well. Um, and the reason I'm kind of like upset with it is because it's something we talked about when we did our preseason awards. Like, you know, if you win MVP, you usually don't win the Super Bowl, and that's the problem. It's just like ah, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. Patrick Mahomes is the breaker of curses, though. This is what he does. Uh, it's what his career has been while in Kansas City as the lead guy uh, for the Chiefs organization. So, you know, maybe he just kind of says, fuck it. We're going to run it back. We're going to win a Super Bowl again, and I'm going to get an MVP, and y'all can just slob on this knob. Now, that is very inappropriate and might be a little excessive for me to say, but that's just kind of how good Patrick Mahomes is and how much trust I have in him. Now that I say that, I feel bad, and I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said it. You're good. Learning lessons. Let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year before I just keep digging a hole. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go first again. This one was tough. I went back and forth with two players. Uh, I really wanted to give this to Russell Wilson, but 
I actually just couldn't do it, and I gave it to Alvin Kamara. I think that he's having a fantastic year. He's doing very similar to like what you felt like Christian McCaffrey was doing last year. Uh, I don't think that Alvin gets to 1,000-1,000, but I mean, the dude is averaging like 10 targets a game. And given that will change once Michael Thomas is back, which is most likely this weekend. Um, but I just love what Alvin's doing. I think he's playing fantastic. I think he is the only reason that this team is as good of a record as they are, which is five and two. I think you're exactly right. They've been feeding him the ball like crazy uh, with Michael Thomas not being there. I'm kind of stuck between two other NFC players, and that's Dalvin Cook um, and DeAndre Hopkins. And I think I'm going to go with Hopkins just because Dalvin Cook has missed a game. Um, and I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, everyone thought like, oh, he's going to Arizona. He's not going to be as good as he was in Houston. You know, he's kind of slowing down. Like, you just hear some stuff like that. The man's been playing lights out. He's got over 700 receiving yards. He's been the number one target in Arizona. He's helped out Kyler Murray's development as a passer so much. Uh, so, for me, offensive player of the year is going to go to another NFC guy, and it is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Let's move on to defensive player of the year. Pretty obvious one here for me, at least at this point in the year, and that is just Aaron Donald. The man is unstoppable. It doesn't matter if you double-team him. Good luck triple-teaming him. He's just going to run around you. If you want to just go one-on-one, you're an idiot. Why would you even try that? I mean, the man's been playing on another level, and he's been defensive player the year before, and, hell, might as well just give him another one here. Yeah, I almost went with Aaron Donald. Uh, I mean, you can't. More because you just can't go wrong. It's almost like the last, you know, 15 years just betting that the Patriots were going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, more often than not, you're going to be right. Uh, But uh, I did go with TJ Watt. I think what he's doing with that Steelers defense, we talked about Steelers defense being the number one defense. Uh, He's leading the charge there. And even more so now that Devin Bush is out, I think more falls on TJ Watt's plate and I think that he's going to just continue to rack up the numbers and if they end up with the best record in football which right now they do uh I see no way that the voters can't choose the best player on the best defense yep I think you nailed that right on the head there uh let's get into offensive rookie of the year and personally this is a tough one because I mean you have Clyde Edwards Alaire for the Kansas City Chiefs biasly he's been good he hasn't been phenomenal. Like We haven't seen the consistent game after game, hand him the ball, he's going to make something happen, he's going to be rookie of the year. It's got to be the quarterbacks. And midway through the season, it's got to be Joe Burrow. I, I loved watching Justin Herbert. I think it's been great. But Joe Burrow has, in a way, completely transformed the franchise and the future of it. Like Joe Burrow is the guy. They got the number one pick right. He's a difference for him. He's going to continue to be a difference. <clears throat> for the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward in their future in the NFL, especially in the North. So Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to go to the number one pick, Mr. Joey Burrow out of LSU. Uh, it's funny you brought up CEH because like, he didn't even cross my mind. When, when I started thinking of Rookie of the Year, it's like he did not cross my mind one time. Uh, it was down to really? the— Really? Yeah. Really, he didn't. Um and maybe that's more because I also think that J.K. Dobbins, if he just got more of a chance too, would have better numbers than CEH as well. Um, 
J.K. Dobbins, what he's doing right now is fantastic. He just has like 43 carries on the year. Uh, so, And, I mean, we might see that in the second half of the season. Sure hope so. Um, so, for me, it was out, out of the last two quarterbacks, or the first two quarterbacks, and uh, the I shouldn't say first two. The two quarterbacks you talked about, because obviously uh, Tua went before them, but we haven't seen enough of Tua. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Justin Herbert. I think what he's doing is on the level of like what Cam Newton's rookie year was, which is like one of the greatest like rookie quarterback season stat wise you can have, and he's on pace for it. And I know that they're not getting the wins, uh, which is always a big thing. So I could easily see Joe Burrow winning it because of that reason. But also, they only have one win more <laughs> than the Chargers. So I think it's going to be close, and I think the Chargers end up winning some games late in the year. So uh, if he keeps this up, and especially, again, I'm going to beat a dead horse here, if Eckler comes back, I think his numbers just go up even more. So I'm going to take Justin Herbert here. Bingo, bingo. And I'm I'm – Want to go back to the Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing? He's third in the league in rushing. I know I mean, he hasn't had the touchdowns there to market, but like, so, I mean, even surprisingly to me, dude's still top five. I, looking at Todd Gurley, he's top five. That is surprising to me. I don't know about you, but I mean, volume's key, man. <laughs> Volume is key. Like he has 140 carries, so uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so he literally have he's the only yeah he's averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Josh Jacobs is already averaging 3.6. He's the only one worse in like the top like 15. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He does. He, he's third in the league in rushing, but I don't know. Like I, he, he has not wowed me kind of like how you're saying, right? He just like, hasn't wowed the way I actually thought he was going to. And yep. it's only going to get worse. His stats with Le'Veon Bell there, right? Like he's, he's, his, Rushing yards are going to go down. Like, that's just the reality of it. And now to defensive rookie of the year. Where, where's your mind at there? Defensive rookie of the year. I mean, you really want to say somebody like Chase, right? Um, Chase Young. But I'm not going to go that route. I'm actually going to go with Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen is fantastic. I want to say he's top four or five in tackles um in the league and he's i mean just watching him especially on sunday against the steelers was just fantastic to watch like he was so he is so smooth and like you see him like make a mistake and he quickly recovers from it so um yeah i'm gonna go with patrick Quinn. i'm trying to find him uh, he's actually not even he's actually 28th overall or something like that so there it is okay um so for me I'm probably going to go Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, just the we saw the play that he made last week to seal the victory for the Tampa Buccaneers. Uh, he's been a huge help to that defense uh, in the secondary as a safety. And the dude plays with so much tenacity, and he's just constantly going, and he's always right there at the ball. I just like the way he's developed. And, shoot, to me, just the way that he's going and the way that he's playing and the way that he's helped change the Buccaneers' defense already – it's been phenomenal. Someone else that deserves that honorable recognition is Jeremy Chin, um, yes. another safety for Carolina. He has been playing amazing. He's got an interception, 38 tackles. I mean, the dude is just tearing it up for Carolina, and you talk about a difference maker for a young defense. That's Jeremy Chin for Carolina. Yeah, and he had um, 
Nice little fake punt last week as well, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like like a forty yarder. So nice. I like those. I like both of those picks. I really do. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Now let's move on to our coach of the year, the CEO of an organization. Who do you, who's right off the top of your mind? Matt Rule. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, three and five right now. I mean, basically on pace to go six and ten. Like that's above and beyond what anybody could have expected from this squad. Uh, you win six games with that squad coming in, first time NFL coach, also a rookie OC, also like a very young owner in a sense, right? Like their owner's only been around mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and it's his first time. It's his first time going through a coaching hire so um yeah i think what matt rule is doing is fantastic and in the end he probably won't win it because most coaches that you know win these they have to win you know 13 plus games usually to even have a shot but i i just love what he's doing in carolina i think you're right on the money with there but i'm gonna go with mike tomlin uh just how different this season has been for the pittsburgh steelers with big ben back you just picked up a huge division win against the Baltimore Ravens. If you find a way to sweep them when you play them in Pittsburgh in a couple weeks, uh, I believe it's four weeks to be exact, um, you might as well just kind of lock that in for them because you get Big Ben in, you have one of the best defenses, and then the weapons that are on offense. And as a coach, you pretty much just got to manage the personality of the players. And when you don't have Antonio Brown there, it's probably pretty easy, a lot easier to do in Pittsburgh for the Steelers. Um, but we've kind of seen the resurgence in his career this season and with how it's going, and it, it just kind of goes to show how good of a coach he is. Um, I know I just mentioned, like, all the talent that's there on the team, but Mike Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh for a while, and so for a team to kind of go through everything that they have and to find themselves back at the top in the AFC, you got to give them props. Yeah, for sure. Actually, and he'd probably deserve to win Coach of the Year last year by with all the injuries they had last year, and they still went 8-8. Eight and eight. So maybe that's mm-hmm. just uh, an overdue award for him if he does win it there. And then comeback player of the year. I mean, is this something we really need to get into? Alex Smith. Like, yep. duh. Yep. Dude about lost his leg, about lost his life. Comes in, plays quarterback for the Washington football team has to give a piggyback ride to Aaron Donald, gets sacked several times. But the fact that you're even able to come back, play football, throw the football on the field in an actual NFL game is impressive enough. Comeback player of the year, Alex fucking Smith. Yeah. Uh, I also have Alex Smith. Uh, another one that's actually heating up for me would be Rob Gronkowski. The way he's Ooh. the way he's starting to play the last month, he's starting to look really good. Three, Three straight games, games with a touchdown. touchdown reception. Yep, exactly, and averaging like seventy-five yards a game. I mean, that's as much as you can hope for, for when you have all the weapons that they have. So if he keeps that up, I could see Rob uh, winning this award. Yeah, especially someone who's playing. And some people might put Big Ben in that in that uh, no way. category as well. No way. Coming off an elbow injury, he's older. You lead the team. I mean, you're undefeated at this point in the year. Yeah, I mean, I want more from a he's quarterback. He's not getting MVP votes. No, he's for sure not. But I don't know. Like he has one game over 270 yards. Like I just like to me, I'm just like, just because you were injured. A year like doesn't I mean I know the comeback player is because like you you recover from an injury right usually or just miss the season but like he's not yep. doing something where I'm like 
oh my gosh, can you believe he came back from that and is doing this? Like, he's just playing within the system, and great, and good for him and everything. I just think that, I think what Alex Smith did is better. I think what Gronk is probably doing is better. Like, I just think there's there's more options. I think you're right. I was going to make a joke about Antonio Brown, but I'm going to go against it. Uh, let's get into week nine and preview the games here. Starting off tonight's game, the Green Bay Packers versus the beat-up San Francisco 49ers. I don't know the running backs that are, excuse me, playing in this game for either team, but the Packers are still favored by six. It's the one I'm picking. Like, I'm taking the Packers. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, I mean – now it's reported, just just got reported that now Trent Williams is now in the COVID protocol as well. Like the the Niners literally have nobody that touched the ball in the Super Bowl or in the playoff run last year active this week. Like literally every single person that touched the ball is no longer active. That's how crazy. Debo Samuel's not playing. No, he's hurt. Holy shit. So no. Nope. Debo Samuel got hurt again. How did I miss? That? I mean, he didn't play last week because he was hurt. He got hurt two weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> it is like it's the Jamichael Hasty show tomorrow. Him and McKinnon. Uh, who knows what they're going to do at wide receiver because they don't have Debo. Ayuk is in uh, COVID, uh, and so is Bourne, and so is Trent or uh, Trent Taylor. Like literally, no idea. Uh, Kittle's out. Uh, that kind of broke uh, as we were recording as well. Like Kittle out for eight weeks. So I don't know what they're going to do offensively. Like, let's see what Shanahan can do here. Uh, I, I could see Hasty still having a great game. He's a really good inside the box uh, runner. Um, so I could see that him still doing well because I still think the Giants are soft there. But it does sound like Aaron Jones is going to be back. And it's going to be the Aaron Jones show because. Um, Williams and Dylan are both out on COVID as well. So it is going to be the Aaron Jones show. So uh, both of those guys should have good days, especially fantasy-wise. But I also am going to take the Packers just because I literally – the Niners have so many people out this game. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And they shut down their facility yesterday because someone tested positive. And that was uh, boring. Yes, and anything that could just go wrong – for San Francisco after a Super Bowl run is just really going wrong for them. This year's to really turned into a wash. Um, as a 49ers fan, you probably don't like to see it, but as everyone else, oh, sorry about you. Uh, so t- we're both taking the Packers there, favored by six. Next game, the Denver Broncos traveling to Atlanta, where surprisingly to me, Atlanta's favored by four. I am going to take the Broncos here. Um, I think Drew Locke finds a way to get back on track against this defense. Uh, even though the Falcons defense last Thursday was just harassing Teddy Bridgewater all night. Um, I think Drew Locke's going to be able to get the ball out of his hand quickly. I think he's um, a little bit, I'm not going to say more mobile, but better at keeping his eyes downfield. And he's got a stronger arm to just really sling it and get the ball out of his hand. So I am going to take the Broncos here to cover the minus four. Really? I mean, I guess I can see that. Um, I'm going to go. Plus the running game is just. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So the Broncos are like fifth worst against the pass. And I think the Falcons, now that Julio's back, uh, we don't know if Ridley's going to play, but I do think they still have enough weapons everywhere else that I am actually going to take the Falcons 
to be able to pass it all over these guys. I think that the Broncos, I think your tone would have changed if the Broncos didn't have that amazing comeback last week. If they would have lost last week, I think your tone probably would have changed. Um, but hey, I'll let you take them because I think this is a win for me. So I'm going to take the Falcons. Oh, okay. Going going to slide in and I like that. I think it's a win for me, he says. Uh, next game, the Houston Texans traveling to your Jacksonville Jaguars where Houston is favored by seven on the road. Uh, they also just picked up Josh McCown, 41-year-old quarterback, who I believe was a reserve quarterback uh, for $12,000 a week for the Philadelphia Eagles. Texans said, thank you. We will take him now. I don't understand why. Um, in just all reality, that doesn't make any sense. But I am going to take the Texans here to win. They're coming off a bye week. They get a little bit of extra like relaxation there to maybe fix things. I'm just I'm mainly disappointed in the Houston Texans because I expected so much this season. I thought they would be better, and honestly, it has just been a shit show in Houston. It really has. So. I think the Jags defense, they played the Texans pretty tough last time as well. Um, they played a couple weeks ago. I think they play them again tough this week because they're going to be healthy. Like For the first time since basically week one, the Jags defense is healthy. But you have Jake Luton uh, starting for the Jags with Gardner Minshew out. So um, let's see how that goes. Uh, that's going to be a fun experience to watch. And so... Um, Honestly, they may be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more. So, like, DJ Chark owners in fantasy and um, even Chanel owners may like this a little bit more uh, just because with the injury, Minshew hadn't been able to push the ball down the field very well the last, like, three weeks. And so um, it might be a little bit more interesting than what people think it's going to be, but I am still going to take the Texans. I think a touchdown win isn't that difficult um, for the Texans. Both teams coming off of a bye, so a little interesting there. Most definitely. And now another big game here. The Seattle Seahawks making the trip across country to upstate New York to face the Bills. But Seattle is favored by three on the road. And the way that the offense has struggled for Buffalo lately, it's, I think it's hard not to take the Seattle Seahawks here. Even though their defense is a little banged up, I believe Carlos Dunlap is getting to play this week. Uh, so that will be helpful for them. Um, against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Like I said, this Bills offense has not been good the last couple weeks. We haven't seen the big shots to Stephon Diggs. We haven't seen the involvement in explosive plays from John Brown. Cole Beasley is going to be Cole Beasley, but there's just not a lot going on here. And then the Seahawks offense, they don't really have any running backs available, but honestly, they don't need them with the way Russell Wilson's thrown the ball down the field. Um, and the performance that we're seeing out of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I know Metcalf's getting all the recognition. He's getting all the highlight plays. But Tyler Lockett is the number one guy in Seattle, and we got to put some respect on that man's name. Yeah, for sure. And with this defense of Seattle, they get Jamal Adams back this week. He practiced in full on Wednesday. And if you're practicing full on Wednesday, most likely you're going to be good to go by Sunday as long as nothing uh, crazy happens throughout the week. So I also am going to take the Seahawks. Again, I think that the Bills win that division, but the way they're playing right now, um, they honestly are playing like that 9-7 and seven team I predicted them to be. Um, so 
But Seattle's defense not that good. So maybe this is the game that Josh Allen gets back on track. But I do think that Jamal Adams causes a little bit of a headache for him. So uh, give me Seattle to cover that three-point spread. Bingo, bango. Um, I don't know what this game's going to be like, but these teams both coming off a close loss. The Chicago Bears traveling to Tennessee where the Titans are favored by five and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Bears. I mean, the Titans being favored by five and a half, I don't get it. The Bears' defense is the best part of this team. The uh, The Titans' defense has been okay, but they haven't really shown a pass rush at all, and that's what the Chicago Bears have been struggling with with Nick Foles is giving him time to throw the ball. Um, yeah, I am taking the Chicago Bears here to cover. I don't know if necessarily they win, but I'm at least taking them to cover because every game Tennessee's been in, has been close, kind of, <laughs> except for last week, really. Like, the blown, getting blown out by Cincinnati was a little different. They got some garbage time touchdowns there at the end, so it's what made that game a little closer. But Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals lit up the Tennessee Titans defense. Nick Foles is going to look at this. Uh, last week's tape and go, okay, yep, I can do the same thing here. All right, we're going to be different here. I'm going to take the Titans. I think that Frabel says – yeah, we're not playing like that again on defense. We're not we're not allowing this. Get back on track. Cause some headaches for Nick Foles, who clearly is just he's just not the long term answer for this team. They're you know they're winning some games, but not long term answer. Uh, and I think that I just don't know if this team is going to be able to slow down Derrick Henry. I know that they're a tough defense, but I think that they're going to start bringing safeties up, and I think they're going to get a play-action play, beat them deep with probably A.J. Brown or uh, your guy, Corey Davis, at least once or twice by pulling those safeties up. So uh, I'm going to take the Titans. Five and a half is a large number, though, so I don't feel great about it, but uh, good enough. We'll go with good enough. All right, all right. Uh, next game, um, the Ravens traveling to Indianapolis where the Ravens are favored by two and a half. I'm going to take the Colts to cover here. I've been saying it all week. I've been saving it all, saying it all year. I don't think the Ravens are going to be as good as a lot of people think. I think coming against the Colts, this might be a game that they just kind of look over and be like, okay, hey, we just played a close one to Pittsburgh. We lost. It's not going to like – we don't like it. Let's just go out and play our game and we'll be fine. This defense for the Colts has been better than – um, it's really been marketed. A lot of people aren't talking about them. They're five and two. They're tied at the top of the AFC South. Um, and again, no one's really talking about them. I guess I get it in a sense, but this Ravens defense, in all honesty, really hasn't been what it's all hasn't been what it was all cracked up to be either. Like we've seen teams throw on this secondary. We've seen teams be able to run on this defense. And the Colts, last week, what they showed the ability to do was run the ball and use their running backs very effectively. And Phillip Rivers has time to throw the ball, and he's built a relationship with these receivers. So I'm going to take the Colts to get the upset here um, and actually win this game. I am picking the Colts to win. Uh, Yeah, we're on like totally different pages here. I, I do think the Colts' defense is playing well, but I see no way that the Colts' offense gets anything going against this Ravens' defense. And I know you have your bet with Matt on the t- total touchdowns with Lamar, which, one, I think you're going to win. But I do think that this is like a four-touchdown performance from Lamar this weekend. 
Um, again, that that still doesn't change anything. There's no way he's getting. I mean, important. just because he hands the ball off to J.K. Dobbins, that doesn't count as a touchdown for him. Oh, dude, I so hope that that's the case for my fantasy purposes. But no, I, I for <laughs> sure, for sure think that he's going to get a couple. And honestly, it's going to be these those jet sweep like just touch passes that they that everybody's doing nowadays um, that are going to yeah. count towards touchdowns. Which I don't think that those. That might be, I don't know, maybe people disagree with me there, but like that to me that's that shouldn't be counted as a passing touchdown. I mean, it is a forward pass, I, know I get it, is. it, but Patrick Mahomes does it better than anybody else, and he's probably got eh, 15 to 20 touchdowns 100%. just because of that. So, 100%. So, yeah. yeah. I totally get it, though. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, but like to you, like, do you care more about Patrick Mahomes getting a passing touchdown or just the team just scoring? I mean, I love that the team's scoring, but at this point it's like, I'm cheering on Patrick Mahomes to break records. You know, like, we're at this point in the career, how quickly can you get to these records before anybody else? Like, how quickly can you get these touchdowns up? So now that you, that's just the, so now that's that the you guys have won the Super Bowl, you don't care about Super Bowls as much. You care about records. That's not what I said. That's, that's exactly what, what you just said. I said no. I said I love seeing touchdowns. But with Patrick Mahomes, I like seeing that those count as touchdown passes. At this so point in his career. to chase... Yeah, he just got a massive contract. This is his like third year starting as a quarterback. Go break some records in your third year starting, homie. Yeah, you for sure care about and it, you for sure care about those stats more than a Super Bowl now. No, <laughs> you're ridiculous if that's what you're picking up because that's not what I'm saying at all. I think everybody's gonna pick that up. The way you worded nope. it, the way you worded it, I bet you that more people are on my side than your side. The way you worded it, there's you shouldn't. That's the thing. You shouldn't. I love it. The question wasn't even Super Bowls. It was winning games or breaking records. All right. Okay. You knew what I meant, but it's all right. Okay. So. You sly dog. <laughs> put me in a corner. I did. Moving on to the next one. The Carolina Panthers. Speaking of the freaking Chiefs. The Panthers are traveling to Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by 11. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I Maybe I'm jinxing it. The last couple of weeks I've taken the other teams they've played just to cover because I thought the spread was too much. The Carolina Panthers, they haven't been looking that well. The offensive line has been struggling to protect Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he has been running for his life. The offense, I mean, it's still been good. I believe they get Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make against this Chiefs defense when you have Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. Uh, Legereus Sneed might be back as well. So that's speed on the corner. A lot of people may not know who that is. That is a rookie they took in like the fifth. Between at least the fourth and later rounds, I don't want to put in an exact round just in case I'm wrong, but he's been a surprising productive corner for the Kansas City Chiefs um, and he's coming back from a collarbone injury that I believe he fractured or cracked um, earlier in the year but him getting to come back and then help with the speed that we see in Carolina is going to be helpful this offense is rolling but I am a fan of this young Panthers defense I just think the Chiefs offense is going to be too much to handle because Sammy Watkins is also back in the mix this week in practice yeah that was what I was about to say is Sammy Watkins is back I see no way the Panthers can slow this team down uh and then yes CMC is back but I don't think that he does his typical like 96 percent 
snap rate this week. I think it, I truly believe it's a lot closer to 50-50 this week with him and Davis, and then next week he gets back on track. But after missing, what, seven games, seven weeks, like, there's no way they just like, all right, back at it, go. Like, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see it. So, um, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you guys are missing a couple players on defense, right? Do you guys have a couple injuries on defense? Uh, like Freight Clark, for example, this is the main one I was thinking. He about. just missed practice today with a knee injury. Oh, okay. Um, and then Mitchell Schwartz hasn't been practicing yet either. Yeah. Uh, with a back injury. Yeah, I mean, he's missed the last couple games. Yeah, as well, that one. So. That one is what it is, right? But um, the Freight Clark one is one to watch. I mean, if the Pan- if the Panthers can get a running game going and they can try to you know attack that position, you know they could try. But again, eleven points. That's not that much uh, for the Chiefs. It really isn't. So I'm also going to take the Chiefs there. Moving on, Lions at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings are four-point favorites. Uh, Riley and I have had a lot of conversations about this game over the last three days, ever since they lost to the Colts on Sunday, basically. (laughs) Lost? Got fucking destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. So, sorry, I guess I'll go here. Um, Yeah. So, Kenny Galladay's out. That's the big thing. Um I think that that just means more of a game plan to get Swift involved, though. Uh, I think that the Vikings' defense still gets beat up a bit, uh, but I also don't know if the Lions can stop Dalvin Cook. I actually think this is a very close game, and close enough. The problem is, here's the biggest problem for me, is this afternoon, Matthew Stafford got put on the COVID list. Um, it sounds like he was not the one that tested positive. He was just by somebody. So he cannot practice the rest of this week because you need to basically have another two days of, uh, negative tests, but he will be able to play if they both, the next couple of days that come back negative. So I still think that they get Stafford. Um, but that does make, put a worry on it, right? For this bet. Cause we, we don't, we don't let it be like, oh, if this happens, then I choose this. That's not the way we roll here at Talking Football. So it's more of a gut feeling. Does he does he play or does he not? Um, I think he does play. And I think the Vikings, sure, the Vikings may win by three, but I don't think they dominate. So I'm going to take the Lions here to cover the four-point spread. And we're going to disagree. I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, We saw how much the Lions struggled to slow down the running backs uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And sorry, but those running backs are not as good as Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook last week comes back to the scene and goes, hey, not sure if you forgot about me. Uh, Green Bay division game here. Let's do the same thing this week. I think he just runs all over that defense. I think Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson get back on track. Adam Thielen gets back in the mix. Um, and then if they need to hit the power run game, boom, put in Mattinson, make it happen. I think Tampa, or excuse me, uh, Minnesota just makes it happen. And the Lions, like their offense is totally out of whack when when Kenny Galladay is not in the mix. Like, I mean, it really is. If, if Matthew Stafford doesn't have him to dump it off to, it's not working out. And TJ Hawkinson, I want to see more involvement in this offense. I want to see his route tree grow <laughs> instead of just – hook routes in the middle of the field where they just dump it off and then go get five, six, seven yards. Like, I want to see him down the field catching the football and then making plays downfield, like, after the catch, and we just haven't yet from him. So I'm taking the Vikings to win this game. 
I've been high on the Lions the last couple weeks, but after the performance that we saw from Dalvin Cook in Minnesota last week, it's hard not to pick them with a four-point spread. I like it. All right, Giants versus Washington. Minus three for Washington. What do you think? This is tougher than it should be, but I'm going to take the Giants. They've played in a lot of close games the last four or five weeks. Uh, Daniel Jones... He's got some redemption. Like You had an opportunity to lead your team down to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and at one point you tried to do too much and you throw an interception and it just doesn't work out. Uh, Washington-wise, Kyle Allen, he's been taking care of the ball. like He has been. He's done well. But this defense for the Giants has been better. Uh, this is another defense. This has kind of been better than people have talked about, especially on the defensive line. Trees, I know this is something that you and I have been big on and we've talked about here uh, several times, but I just think the Giants have played in too many close games that they've lost. Hopefully this is the one where they come and get the win on the road in Washington. Um, Washington gets a bye week. They're coming back, but you lose Landon Collins on the defense. You upgrade Terry McLaurin to a captain. That's awesome. That's a great story. But I just think the Giants have more talent uh, to go against the Washington defense and vice versa. Yeah, this one's a tough one. Washington uh, played very well against a beat-up Dallas team before their bye, and then obviously had their bye. Giants, again, just played uh, Tampa Bay very well, but it's a short week for them now. Uh, So I'm actually going to go with Washington. I think that Daniel Jones does have that ability to beat this team, though. Uh, I think he could do it with his legs. And honestly, I picked Washington because now it's a win-win for me. Uh, Washington either covers, and great, I gain a point in this, or the Giants win, and it doesn't matter because now the Jags are the number two overall pick. So win-win for me there. So I'll take that. Um, Moving on, Raiders at the Chargers, and the Chargers are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um... I'm just going to go with it. I'm, I think the Chargers end up winning this game. I think that they know they can't let, blow another lead like how they did. and They can't lose another division game. They know that they have to go on a winning streak right now if they're going to have any shot at making the playoffs, which they really don't. But like mathematically, you're still there. So like you have to start it now. Start against a division rival. I think uh, it's another big Justin Herbert day with Keenan Allen. So give me the bolts. I, I totally get it, but I'm actually going to take the Raiders. Um, I think something that they've done good in when they win, excuse me, what they have done well in games that they've won is controlling the clock and controlling the ball and having a running game with Josh Jacobs. And I think that they're going to be able to do that this week against the Chargers, um, a, t- a defense that has given up 17-point leads. You know what I mean? Like You've done that four straight weeks in a row. It ain't good, and if the Raiders are controlling the ball – and then Justin Herbert is – I don't necessarily think he's going to be feeling any pressure because he's just so poised and up to the moment and, you know, up to being an NFL starting quarterback that it's not going to bother him. But I just look at the Raiders' defense and the pass rush that they can get at times and their secondary. Yes, it's not the best, but if you're able to get a pass rush, you're going to force Justin Herbert into mis- some mistakes. And But it's the Raiders' offense that's going to be the difference here against the defense of the Chargers. So I am going to take the Raiders traveling to Los Angeles from Las Vegas – doesn't seem like it's that far of a trip. Doesn't seem to matter. It's that literally much. a five-hour car ride. <laughs> so is it really? Yeah. Well, that is crazy. I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah. Uh, next game: Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> going to Dallas. Pittsburgh's favored by fourteen. Uh, I don't know who's starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this week. 
Steelers defense, best in the NFL. The Steelers offense, hell of a lot better than that Cowboys defense. So I'm taking the Steelers to just plummet the Dallas Cowboys. And I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I believe it's Cooper Rush who's actually going to be starting for them right now. I think they just signed the him. The kid they just signed? Yeah. Over Garrett Gilbert. Man, that's, um, that just goes to show how bad Gilbert is. It might be Gilbert, right? Like, I know that the, they were talking about those two. I know that Zeke came out and said both of them got uh, first-team reps. Uh, and that was yesterday. I didn't see anything today, so maybe they did announce it today, and I just didn't see. But either way, I was like, it's one of those two. And, uh, yeah, yikes. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> like this Cowboys team is just beat up. And 14 points. Dangerous. This 14 points is, like, not enough. It really is not. Up to 21. Yeah, and I'll still take the Steelers, I think. So, um, <laughs> so also with you there. Next one, Dolphins at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals coming off a bye and now have a four-point, four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think that coming off of a bye, they're going to be ready for this Dolphins defense. And I think the Dolphins de- – I think this Dolphins team, I want to see them – be in a game where they're not getting punt returns and sack strip fumbles and return to the house, like where the offense actually has to do something. And I think Tua can do it. Don't get me wrong. But until he really shows me that he can do it, like I'm just not going to pick them. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover here. And I'm in the exact same boat. And I believe that's what I said last week with Tua is like, Hey, until I see you prove us differently, like I'm not going to be able to, I can't pick for you. Miami Dolphins heard defense heard that and was like, we got you, bro. Don't even worry about it. Let's just go ahead and beat the shit out of Jared Goff. I don't know if you're able to do that to Kyler Murray just because he's so elusive in the pocket and can escape and get extra yards downfield and then, you know, make a big-time throw. Um, I just think that's the difference for the Cardinals and then how productive that offense has been with just the weapons that are there, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. Don't even know who their tight end is. It doesn't matter. But then, like, Chase Edmonds and uh, Kenyon Drake at running back. Like, there's just so many weapons for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury to just have some fun with. And then the defense has been pretty good, too. Um, I would love to see Tua come out and, you know, make plays from the pocket and throw the ball down the field and show his ability to escape and I don't know how elusive we can say he's going to be in the NFL, but it would be nice to kind of see that from him and see what really he can put on for the Dolphins because if, let's say the Dolphins do win, that's three out of four victories against the NFC West, the division that has been deemed the the best in the NFL. If Tua and the Miami Dolphins find a way to beat three of those four teams, we we'll really have to look at this team and go, hey, they could upset the Buffalo Bills and win this division. Like, they could win the AFC East. Because, Treese, you said the Bills might win it at 9-7. and seven. <sighs> Dolphins could, too. I mean, if they find a way to beat them later in the year because that Bills offense, like we mentioned earlier, hasn't been that good. Um, but this is going to be a fun game. This is going to be a game that I'm watching uh, probably at everything else just because I think so much rides on what the Cardinals' placement's going to be for – playoff standing and in the west and then the dolphins as well in the afc east yeah i think it makes it that much easier that it's the afternoon game and um i mean the other afternoon games look like trash to be honest uh, besides that chargers raiders game but like mm-hmm. those two games but classic nfl scheduling where they're going to have nine or ten morning games and then three or four afternoon games 
bothers me so much. Um, all right, going on to the night game, which is going to be a hell of a time. Um, we saw these two teams play week one, and that's the Saints at the Bucks. The Bucks now um, kind of have things rolling, but also the Saints are playing much better. And do they get Michael Thomas back? Uh, that's the big question. Michael Thomas, Kamara, and Breeze were all limited today. Wouldn't be worried about Kamara or or Breeze, obviously. I think that it's just more just like, hey, we can give these guys rest. Michael Thomas, it's also nice to see him practicing at limited on Wednesday. Like, that's what you want to see. And then Thursday, you can probably be limited. And then Friday, you want to see full. That's kind of the... That's what you need to see for him to be playing and being active on Sunday. So I'm super excited for this game. I'm actually shocked that Tampa Bay is five and a half point favorites. I really am shocked on this. Um, so much that I'm taking the Saints. I think that uh, Lattimore does a good job of slowing down Mike Evans every time ta- Every time they play. He does a good job. And it sounds like Godwin's probably going to miss another week after having uh, finger surgery last week. Uh, they did say that they'll have to see on Friday um, if basically if he's practicing. But the original report was him being out like three or four weeks. So even if he can play next week, that means only two-week absence. So I'm going to assume he's not playing. I think that this Saints defense can slow down whatever running back it is, if it's Rojo or if it's Fournette. Um and I just don't know if the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are they're they're fast on defense. Don't get me wrong; they have a lot of good mm-hmm. players. But I just think that the Saints, if they have Michael Thomas there, have enough weapons to be able to just have the Bucks guessing a little bit. So I'm going to take the Saints to cover. And don't get me wrong; I actually think the Bucks could probably win this game, but I don't see them winning by six points. So I actually am going to take the Bucks, and I, I'm going to ride on the defense. Because I think their linebackers are fast enough to keep up with Alvin Kamara, uh, whether that's in the flat or in the middle of the field where Breeze has been dumping it off. I think their linebackers are fast enough there to immediately stop Kamara. And I know that's easier said than done, but that's kind of the success that the Saints have found the last couple of weeks is like, hey, if we just get him the ball out here where everyone else is further downfield let him work, you know what I mean? And the next thing we know, we're watching him go from the left side to the right side of the field while picking up 35 freaking yards, and the Saints keep on marching, and Drew Brees' arm is like, Phew, this is so easy. I don't have to throw the ball downfield. It doesn't hurt. And then when they decide to do that, they're throwing to Taysom Hill and trying to get him in the mix. And in a way, it works, but it's still frustrating. But this Buccaneers offense also gets Antonio Brown. Excuse me, Antonio Brown. We've seen the emergence of Gronk. We've seen the emergence of Scotty Miller. Leonard Fournette is still in the backfield and Ronald Jones is back there as well. And it's like all those combos and like the duos that they have at receiver and running back and tied in with Rob Gronkowski in the mix too lately. I just look at the Saints defense and I don't know if they have enough to contain everything. Yeah, Marshawn Lattimore might take out Mike Evans, but if we look at what the Buccaneers offense has been lately, it hasn't really been running through Mike Evans either. Like He gets... What I think at one point he had like one reception for five yards, and everyone's like, Do they just not want to throw to Mike Evans anymore? And then it's like, Boom, touchdown reception. The Bucks are back in the lead, and they're beating the Giants, which was surprising enough as it is that that game was so close. So I just look at this game with the Buccaneers and the Saints, and I just don't know if the Saints defense has enough to slow down this Buccaneers offense with the addition of Antonio Brown. Um, if Chris Godwin does somehow find a way to play this game, that just goes into the favor of the Buccaneers even more for me. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm also worried about that I didn't really bring up is the Bucks got away with so many broken coverages 
on Monday night that Daniel Jones just missed. And Drew Brees yeah. isn't going to miss those. So they're going to have to clean it up on defense. I think that the Bucks defense, sometimes you feel like they're relying on their athleticism more than like an actual like scheme game plan. So that's a really good point. Um, before we go to player prop bets, this is, I think is going to maybe, maybe this is short and sweet. Um, last time we saw these two teams play on Monday night, uh, there was a player seeing ghosts on the field and that is the Patriots at the Jets. So, um, man, this is just another shitty, shitty, uh, game for Monday night football. Like just another game that like when they were making the schedule, ESPN had to be like, man, why did we get this game? Like what is going on? So Patriots jets, what do you got? I mean the fucking Patriots, like the jets are going to jet dude. Like they don't want any part of this game. And if they, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets actually win this game. Like, I just, I wouldn't <laughs> Me either. be, like, at all. Me either. <laughs> but still, like, Bill Belichick still has enough pride that he's like, I'm not going to lose to the team who originally hired me. Then I eventually left, like, 30 minutes later because I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to New England. Um, I just think the Patriots, they win this game. Now, whether it's by seven or not, yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm not going to sit here and psych myself out or overthink it because it's the Jets. They're going to do what they do best, and that's just suck. So I'm taking the Patriots. Oh, man, I would love it so much if the Jets won, but I'm with you, dude. I'm taking the Patriots even at seven points. Like I think that they they have a good game plan, and I think that Cam kind of bounces back after that uh, late fumble. I think that he just has a good bounce-back game. Um, all right, so Sunday night, player prop bets. Let's just get straight to it. Drew Brees, 302 passing yards, over or under? Over. Okay. Michael Thomas is coming back, throwing the ball down the field. You're going to get Alvin Kamara on some big plays. You're going to get Jared Cook in the mix as well. He's getting over that. That's what I think as well. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 98 total yards, not rush yards, total yards. Oh, I see it, and I'm taking the over. I also am taking the over. I think that that's uh, pretty much a given. Son of a gun. Uh, Michael Thomas, 85 receiving yards. Uh... Fuck it, over, dude. I've and been. That's an if. That's an iffy over. First game back. He's gonna take a slant though. I mean, he's gonna be slant, 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 slant. It's gonna be a comeback route. It's gonna be a deep corner, and then it's gonna be another slant, and boom, that's gonna be it. I really need him in fantasy. Um, you tell me about it. Um, I've been missing his ass. Me too. Um, but I'm actually gonna take the under. I actually could see him doing like one of those like 50 or 60 yards, but have multiple touchdowns. <laughs> On those slants that you love to talk uh, that's about. Such a, that's <laughs> such a good point. Um, uh, go ahead, sorry. Tom Brady, 279 passing yards. You taking the over-under? Um, I'm actually going to take the under. I think that he's right around there, but I just don't know if he gets to that 280 mark. So I'll take the under. Um, I'm going to take the over, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in that upper 300s, uh, with just, especially with the emergence of Antonio Brown coming in. Uh, Mike Williams and Marshawn Lattimore, like they, he's gonna know that's there. Rob Gronkowski, someone at some point, someone's gonna be left open in this offense, and he's just gonna get him the ball. Whether that's Scotty Miller or just underneath, with everything else opened up, with everyone taking the uh, New Orleans Saints defense further down the field, I just think Tom Brady's smart enough to get the ball out of his hand quickly, as we've seen for years. Um, and he's just gonna get those extra chunk plays to just keep 
upping that yardage mark. Leonard Fournette is next, though. 50 rushing yards is what we have it marked at. Um, I'm actually going to take the under. I don't see any reason for him to get over 50. I don't see him being a huge part of the running game, especially with how well we've seen Ronald Jones run the ball this season um, and how he continues to develop here in this offense. And it looks like you just picked the same thing, you son of a gun. Yeah, I did. And it's more just because like, I, it's so hard to know if it's going to be the Ronald Jones show or the Fournette show, right? Like, it had been Ronald yep. Jones forever. Last week was Fournette, and it's strictly because Ronald Jones fumbled it. But, like, does that being in the doghouse carry over one week? I I mean, Bruce Arians is that type of guy. I'd be like, no, like, you are going to be punished for this. So, um, also could see that. Um but I think there's enough of a 50-50 split that it's hard to have either wider or either running back over 50 yards. So uh, I'm taking the under as well. Mike Evans, 59 receiving yards. What do you got? I'm actually going to take the over here. Uh, t- like I mentioned just a little bit ago, Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. Tom Brady is very aware of kind of what happens with Mike Evans when he plays Marshawn Lattimore. And I think he's just got to want to help continue to build that confidence of Mike Evans and be like, you are the man. You are the best receiver in the NFL. We're going to attack him, and you're going to make some plays, and you're going to get the respect that you deserve that ultimately he's just not getting. I think we all look at Mike Evans like, man, he gets the job done. He's a good receiver. But we never keep – we don't go past that. We don't continue to praise him for anything else that he does when the man is a hell of a receiver. So I think Tom Brady realizes that as well. So does Bruce Arians um, and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator. So I expect Mike Evans to have a big game here, especially with probably some extra recognition going to Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski, who we've seen emerge the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm so interested to see the whole A-B thing. Um, so we'll see there, but, uh, I also am taking the over. I think that Mike Evans, he's, he's just so talented down the field that he can easily catch like a 40 yarder, 45 yarder. And then like all of a sudden, just like that, he only needs, you know, 10 to 15 yards the rest of the game. So, uh, that's why I'm going to take the over. So, all right, well, we got what? One, two, three, we got two differences. So two differences, mm-hmm. which is great, um, on player prop bets. And then we have, I don't know, we have a handful of, the spread. So one of us is going to have a lead going into uh, next week. Cause, Cause right now, again, I have only have a one game lead on both the spread and player prop bets. You're uh, nipping at my heels and I don't like it. You better believe it. We have seven differences in the spread, seven differences. <sighs> That's crazy. Seven disagreeances. I should say. We sure do. All right, cool. Well, that Everybody. does it for us folks. Uh, we appreciate all you guys. You guys enjoy your uh, weekend. Pac-12 is back, baby. Love to see it. Uh, So enjoy the college football. Enjoy NFL on Sunday. And tonight we've been talking football.